0: Welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter at Providence and on Facebook under Providence Health System. Use the hashtag Talk with the Doc, that's hashtag Talk with the Doc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Moy Rivas. I am the founder of Break Free Worldwide out in Houston, Texas, and uh, today we have a special broadcast today. Uh, and we're excited. And as a reminder, this video is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers with any other questions you may have regarding any medical conditions. So let's start the show. All right. I'm excited to introduce uh, Steven Flores, MD at Covenant Health out of Lubbock, Texas. How are you? How are you feeling today? I'm doing great, Moy. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited too. Look, man. I have been a professional break dancer, right? I got to use the quotes, right? Because every every time every time we bring up the word breaking or break dancing, a lot of people are kind of related to the cardboard boxes and the boom boxes of of the '80s and things like that. But no, you know, now it's it's an Olympic sport. It's in the Paris 2024 Summer Games. And with that being said, you know. I've been a break dancer now for over 25 years, and you know it's a physically demanding and mentally demanding uh, dance in so many different ways. Right? Um, when I first started, I started because it was just something that I love. It was the way I look at it. It was more of a positive alternative for me. Right? There's a lot of things that I could have got into, got involved with the streets, and a lot of all these other negative things and all these cliche things that you hear about, but they're at the, they're the absolute truth and um, Through this process, you know, I I fell in love with the dance, Um, started doing it every single day, every single day, but literally with no direction, just trying to figure out. And so figure out how to get the next move or how to get to the next event. And along the way, I beat myself up, man. I beat myself up trying to learn and trying to learn. So I, I never had a professional physician to talk to or a doctor to tell me, hey, do this better, do that better. So I'm excited to dive a little deeper with you and how you can help the breaking community, the B-Boys and the B-Girls, as they advance towards the Paris 2024 Summer Games and beyond. But before we kind of get deeper into those conversations, please let us know a little bit about your background, your role at Covenant and everything else that you got going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm originally from Austin, Texas. Um, I went to the University of Notre Dame for undergraduate college. And then I ended up in San Antonio to do my medical school training. And then I came up here to West Texas, Texas Tech University, and I did my orthopedic surgery um, residency at that point. Um, Then I actually did uh, an extra year in what's called sports medicine. Um, and I think that's kind of this realm that we're talking about in regards to break dancing. It deals with a lot of, you know, uh, recreational athletes, you know, collegiate athletes, high school athletes. But it's getting these athletes to do their top performance and how to overcome injuries. And for my fellowship, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I had the opportunity to work with um, – the phoenix suns uh some of the major League Baseball teams um, doing spring training out there like the milwaukee brewers and also did a lot of work with arizona state university um also some of the um, coyote hockey team so you know my exposure to working with you know athletes of all levels um yeah, that's what i do day in and day out um and you know it, it really is you know it's 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 hard because you know as we as as y'all, as everybody gets older, as I get older, as, as you get older, you know, in your, in your career, you know, these injuries do kind of start to pile up a little bit. So, you know, Michael to try to get people, keep people moving and doing, you know, what they've been doing their entire life.
1: Yeah, no, that's great, man. And it seems like you have a, a pretty extensive background there and uh, you know, working with athletes and it's kind of even crazy for me to kind of hear that, you know, breakers are now considered athletes. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's uh it's wild that the the Olympic Games can do that to you kind of instantly, right? Cuz right. we're, so, we're so used to calling ourselves artists or street dancers, but it's nice to get that credibility, man, because you know, over time, uh, you know, we we have, we've put our bodies through a lot, we've put our minds through a lot through the process of just trying to become the best of the best. And a lot of us, you know, whether it's whether it's any other sport, baseball, basketball, football, um, you know, we dive deep into it because it's something that we truly love. And with anything that you truly love, you beat yourself up in the process, right? You kind of go through these wild roller coaster rides. And, and like, as I mentioned through my journey, you know, I, every single day was just, how do I get the next move? How do I get the next move? It was never about how limber do I have to be? How, how strong do I have to be? Or, or, uh, how well rested do I have to be? Um, and so, through that process, I, I I went through a lot, man. I I've, I've went through some pretty pretty serious uh, injuries that you know took me out for three to six months at times. Um, and others, you know, that were very minor. But wh- the one thing that stands out to me the most through this process is the the mental capacity that you have to overcome, right? Because you could sprain an ankle, you can sprain an ankle, and you know, okay, cool. As long as I stay off of it, I I should be good. But then once you feel like you're good again and you kind of get to the dance floor, you kind of get to wherever you're gonna get to, it's like, oh man, this can happen again. And it's scary, it's scary. So before we kind of get into the physical side, I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of the mental side of of your experience on how athletes can better themselves and, and prevent injury up here before they can prevent injury physically.
0: Sure. You know, I think the, the psychological impact that you're that you're talking about, you know, it really is important. And I have this this discussion almost every day. You know, I take care of a lot of our local high schools. I also take care of some of the local universities. And, um, you know, when, when I get an athlete that sustains a significant injury, that's going to require time off for, from sport, you know, which, you know, your sport is dance. But, you know, we're saying time off from sport. You know, I think the psychological impact can be heavy, you um, especially having forbid you know if we have to do a surgical procedure or something that does require a six month or a nine month rehabilitation before I let them go back full speed um, and we have science to back it up we do have literature that talking about the psychological impact that injuries you know can have um, on on athletes and so you know I'm I, I work with my athletes day in and day out just to kind of try to keep them motivated. I think, you know, motivation is key. You know, when, when we're dealing with an injury um, you know, for you, you're out and dancing, and you love dancing, but sometimes when you're taking care of your body, you got to kind of take a step back and just get back to the basics of, you know, working out and stretching and, you know, really allowing your body time to rest. And that's boring. No, you know, in any sport, you know, nobody, nobody likes doing that stuff, but it's important. And sometimes the body does need to rest. And so, you know, I, I tell my athletes to approach it, you know, like they're approaching working out, you know, when they were younger, when you're in high school, you know, it's a grind, you, yeah. know, anything's a grind. you know, you have to embrace the grind and you have to, you know, just, you know, set your mind upright, focus on it and know that, um, you know, you're going to get through it. And you have a team, uh, you know, here at Covenant, we have a team of physicians and support to work with our athletes to get them better. And that's really what we're trying, you know, trying to do is set them up with that support staff and also with those coping mechanisms. You know, in regards to injury prevention, you know, I I think that's a key component is you also have to think about the fact that our bodies are aging. (laughs) You know, nobody gets younger um, as they, you know, have more birthdays. And so you just kind of have to mentally understand that you know your body's different in your late 20s than it was when you were a teenager and if you want to continue to compete or participate in dance at a high level you know mentally you got to know okay you know if i want to be doing this i got to take care of my body i can't just go out and perform you know on a whim i need to be prepared to to you know i need that preparation to get to that
1: point yeah, I think that's good. And I really love something that you said that really stood out to me immediately is when you said back to basics. Um, that's something that even as a, as a breaking instructor, teacher, mentor, it's something that I tell my students all the time. You know, the, the foundation is everything, right? Without a solid foundation, your house can't hold up. And so whatever, whatever it is that you're building, the, those foundational key elements are what hold you together long-term. And so you also mentioned that how boring that could be but it's the boring things and the simple details and those little things that allow us to kind of have longevity in the things that we love to do. Right. That's extremely, extremely, extremely important. I'm glad that you said that because, you know, nowadays with social media and everything that's kind of advancing technology that allows us to have accessibility, quick accessibility to everything and seeing people improve a lot faster and faster than you. Right. Cause when you're at home and you see a peer and you see them post a clip of them going crazy on the dance, dance floor. And you're like, oh man, he got that before me, or she got that before me. Why can I do it? And so it immediately psychologically impacts you here. But as long as you rely on your foundation and your key elements, you're able to do those things as well. Because now I I, I see this a lot going to some of the biggest breaking events in the world, or even practice sessions or training rooms. I go in there and every time I see a young break dancer hit the floor, the first thing they do it's they just try to show off. They try to go crazy, no stretching, no warm up. no nothing. And I'm just like, for me, you know, I'm about to be 38 this month. I'm just, and I've been doing this since I was a kid. I'm you just like, up, man. Oh. 38 years old, you look good. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, uh, yeah. So whenever you were saying about like no one's age, I'm like, I speak for yourself, brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but when I see everybody kind of just go extremely crazy, I'm like, whoa, it kind of gives this little irk in my body of like, slow down, take time. And that's when I start to realize there's not enough education in our community or within our sport that really introduces injury prevention uh, or the psychological impact that a lot of this can can have on us as young dancers, right? So we learn the hard way. And I love that what what we're doing with, uh, with you here and Providence Healthcare, we're able to introduce a new concept of especially to breaking a new concept of like, hey, there's people out there that are willing to help. There's with people that are willing to support you through the process. And you don't have to beat yourself up like Moi did. You don't have to beat yourself up like some of the OGs, the OGs of the game did the way they did. And so I love that you brought up the back to the basics thing because for me, foundation is everything. And a lot of people still trip out on me today that I still can compete at a high level. But a lot of it is because even though I learned late, a lot of it is because I heavily rely on those basic elements.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't agree more. And um, you know, when you look at at athletes that that play at a high level, you know, we can, we can look at Tom Brady, for instance. I mean, I believe he's 42 years old currently Um, you know, the preparation and, everything that goes into his life to continue to perform at a high level is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what he can do, um, you know, just how serious he takes his body and his health. And, you know, obviously we can't all afford personal chefs and we can't afford, you know, you know, the, the best drinks, you know, just to have at a whim and, you know, everything that, that, some of the benefits that he has in, you know, in his life, but we have to, to understand the way he – the reason he's able to stay competitive at 42 years old playing in the National Football League and still winning and being successful is because he's understood this since, you know, 15 or 20 years. He's understood this. You know, it's not something that he just changes when he turned 40. Like, I mean, the time went into it early. and you know, I think as, as your community continues, you know, to grow and, you know, people like yourself are going to participate longer and longer, um, you know, you're going to have to take some of that mentality with it or, sure.
1: yeah, that's, that's extremely important. And, and I, I remember early on, uh, I would say when I say early on is because this, this whole concept of training, dieting, resting properly was still, not what it needed to be right for, for breakers. And I remember like to, between 2010, 2013, I started to kind of dive deeper in these areas. And what's funny is a lot of the, the breaking community will kind of make fun of me for it. Right. Because it was like, you know, I was treating it like a sport, but in reality, it's not because I was treating it like a sport because I wanted to become an athlete. I was treating it in the sense of like, how can I do this for a longer period of time? Because it's just like, like you said, you use Tom Brady, for example, NFL players have a a very short lifespan in the NFL. Right. But then you look at someone like Tom Brady, who's breaking records till this day that you, you can kind of break that stigma or whatever, right? You can break it by believing in yourself, treating your body right. And all of the above. So I have a question like for people that are dealing with injuries, what is the number one thing that you recommend, uh, you know, outside of like just following your your basic protocol, what is the number one thing that you could recommend to, let's just say, a, a, a B boy or B girl break dancer that's watching right now? So,
0: you know, I think you just have to kind of be honest with yourself and honest with your body. Um, you know, there's a difference between a twist and a sprain and something that kind of hobbles you a little bit, but, um, it gets better over, you know, a couple of days, a week or maybe two weeks um, versus something that may just be a recurrent, real nagging problem that you're just constantly dealing with. Um, you know, it's it, it's a plus and benefit. You know, it's a plus and minus of all the technology we have at our hands. You know, it's it's a, it's easy. And I, and I see a lot of patients who, you know, come in and have diagnosed themselves on the Internet. Um, and sometimes they're right, but sometimes they're not. Um yeah you know, sometimes things may be a bigger issue and sometimes these issues could potentially get worse or drag on. And so, you know, I think you just have to kind of listen to your body. And if something's dragging on, um, you know, as sports medicine physicians, um, you know, with Providence, our goal is to keep you active. You know, I work with a lot of coaches, you know, with football teams and whatnot, you know, and it's building that trust with the coaches and the communities that my goal is not just to shut you down and say okay you know stop doing this for six months like that's that's the opposite of my goal my goal is what can we do to get you better as fast as possible to get you back to doing what you enjoy doing and so i think some of it you know like i said is you just kind of have to listen to your body if something's becoming a nagging issue then you know it may be worth getting it checked out um just so you can possibly get back quicker with um, less downtime
1: yeah i I think i think you kind of Hit it on the nail for me because that—that's something you know, big for me. You know, what the moment that uh, my body feels some type of stress or if I'm feeling a certain way, I just trust it. I'm a—I'm a big person trusting my gut feeling. Like I'm—I'm I'm really really big on that. Uh, and and it's kind of hard, right? Because I, you know, when I tell a a friend of mine, a peer within the community, and I tell them, you know, just trust trust yourself. They're like what do you want me to trust? You know, it's like, no, but like you, you should know, you should know what your body is capable of, what it's feeling and what it's telling you. Um, I remember people would see me, I I would, there was a a point where I was heavily, heavily involved in in major competitions and I was training and competing all the time. And I was constantly posting all my training videos and, and people were always telling me, you know, with all that training that you do, I mean, are you sleeping? Are you this? And I'm like, you guys are seeing a, a small percentage of, what you're seeing on social media in comparison to my actual life, right? And and sometimes we get caught up in that. So, you know, that psychologically hurts us as well when we see kind of everybody going crazy on social media, but that's not, it's not real life in full, right? And sometimes I think also that has an impact on us too. And so we kinda, I feel like, I, and I've seen this before, it's even hurt me and I'm using myself as an example, but I've seen it, I've seen, the people that i was going to compete against and i see them going crazy and then it's affecting me and then i try to go crazy and then i end up getting injured and i want to talk about a specific injury and i had a i had a hamstring injury between literally 2017 and the end of 2019 this did not go away and it's be, and hamstring injuries are like the worst because it's attached to your back your entire legs and I was at one point feeling it to the top of my head. Like I could feel everything just rush, but a lot of it was just me being stubborn. You know, I I felt like I could still continue and then I would see my competition going at it. But the moment, if I backed out of somebody, you know, I was walking away from my problems and not attacking them. But, uh, and, and through this process, I, I stayed injured longer than I should have because I didn't even though I knew to trust through this process, I didn't trust. And I felt like I was injuring myself more, but I was kind of filling a void on this side because I just was trying to please people. Um, and that's injury in itself in, in so many different ways. I mean, how how, how, how do you see that? And how, how does someone overcome that?
0: Well, you know, hamstring injuries, just like you said, are notoriously just painful to deal with. You know, yeah. And, um, I, I personally, you know, they're, they're one of my least favorite injuries to treat just because they just drag on. And it, it's, it's so frustrating for the patient. You know, it's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for, you know, the, the team or the staff that wants this, this player back. I mean, but unfortunately, they're, that's just a, a nuisance injury. And it really the, the rest required is just so high. You know, you look at Olympia, Olympic sprinters, um, you know, when they pull up with a hamstring injury, it's so unfortunate. I hate seeing it, you know, when they get to that level, you know, they're about to run, you know, their Olympic qualifying, you know, competitions and they, you know, pull a hamstring, you know, they're done, you know, they've made it that far and they're not going to get to compete to the best of their ability. You know, it's nearly impossible to bounce back from a pulled hamstring. And, And there are some injuries in the body that are just like that and it takes, and it takes time. And, like you said, if you go back too soon, you're probably just going to re-injure it. And, yeah. you know, with you being, you know, a break, a, a break dancer, you know, you're doing explosive maneuvers. You know, you're popping up and, you know, those muscles are firing at, you know, an explosive rate. And so you're putting just as much, um, you know, power and explosivity as an Olympic sprinter does when they're, you know, trying to propel the bo- their body down the track. And so... You know, it's, it's just one of those hard injuries that, yeah. you know, you need a good support staff. You need, you know, some good trainers, therapists, people around you that can, you know, kind of progress you appropriately. So you try to prevent those setbacks because those setbacks are super frustrating. Um, but then again, like you said, as, as, you know, as we get more into the medical side of it, you know, if you have a, a big competition coming up, you know, you mentioned the Olympics, you know, if you have something coming up, you know, that's also when you can come see, you know, uh, a medical provider. And, you know, we do have some tricks, you know, we have some new injection modalities like platelet rich plasma, um, maybe some steroids. I'm sorry, I lost the lights. But, um, you know, we have things that are coming down the pike that we may be able to get people back sooner. And very so, cool. you know, that's just something to know as well. That And again, this is not surgery. We're not yeah. talking surgery. We're talking about how do we get returned to sport, you know, as efficiently as possible.
1: Now, that's very cool. And I, and I love that you mentioned something that's important that brings up my next question. But uh, you talked about explosivity. You know, breakers, they're very explosive. And as I mentioned earlier, whether you're at practice or you're at a competition, everyone wants to be as dynamic and explosive as possible every single time. They're like a thousand miles per hour speed ahead and they just go for it. And a lot of times, you know, this leads to injury as well. What are your, what are your thoughts on, you know, warming up, stretching and things like that, you know, prior, you know, before you actually have to go crazy and and, and explode and and do all that because nowadays everybody just wants to explode and skip every skip the entire process. What are your thoughts on warming up and and just getting your body right for, for that moment? Oh, I think it's critical. You know, yeah.
0: I get the um, the culture, you know, of breakdancing. You know, I understand, you know, nobody necessarily wants to be sitting off to the side and and stretching like I can understand You know, how that may be perceived. Yeah. But. You know, again, I think it's part of the ongoing process of kind of, you know, really taking that next step and really considering yourselves athletes. And when you when you kind of put that mindset on, um, that you know, I need to take care of my body to function at the highest level, then I think it makes absolute sense. You know, you need to prepare it. You need to stretch. You need to warm out, warm up, just like any um, highly competitive or elite athlete would do. Yeah.
1: Uh, it looks like we got a question in from one of the viewers. It says, what are the most common injuries for breakers? So if I could answer that, one of the most common injuries that I've seen um, over the course of my career, fortunately it hasn't happened for me yet, but I've seen it a lot in breakers is a uh, torn meniscus. Um, I've seen that. And that's probably in almost every sport, but for sure in breaking um, I know B-boys and B-girls that have, Countless of surgeries, literally on both knees, and there's st- that are still performing at a high level, but uh, it just seems to become become this kind of a reoccurring issue. Um, what are your thoughts on on meniscus tears and and how they can overcome, uh, you know, something like that? So, uh, meniscus tears typically happen because of
0: bad luck, because you're, you're moving your body in such a way that that knee, you know, just kind of twists and torques on itself. Um, And, you know, I think we're going to, you know, I think it makes sense that we see that a lot in your, you know, in your sport, because um, you're just putting your body through kind of some contortions that I think are going to make it susceptible. Um, when we're dealing with meniscus injuries and, in the young patients, you know, the meniscus are, it's the little shock absorbers that's between the knee and it really, it, it absorbs some of the energy as you're bouncing up and down. Um, but we do know that when you have tears, these tears can get bigger and potentially, um, be lead you to early arthritis. And mm-hmm. so we're, we are, you know, sometimes aggressive about going, um, to try to fix it, especially in a younger population, you know, again, age does come into play here. We treat a meniscus tear differently in a 20 or 30 year old than we do in a, you know, 60 year old. So there is some difference in age, but you know, in your specific group, um, you know, a lot of times it may mean surgery, but the goal is again, it's longevity is to try to keep the knee as healthy as we can. um, So that way you can keep doing what you like as long as you can, as far as injury prevention, as far as knee injuries go, it, it's about keeping the knee strong. So it comes down to quadriceps strengthening and hamstring strengthening. Um, again, it, it's and that is just, you know, time in the gym, you know, time working out. But if, you, if the the stronger you can get your quadriceps muscle and your hamstring muscles, they are protective for the knee in general.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up as well. Cause that's, that's exactly what I've heard kind of over the, over the course of my years of breaking is, that you know, you know, your knee is, is just bone and cartilage, you know, so you gotta build the muscles around it to protect it. And so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. I think that's probably the most common. Of course, there, there's a lot of other injuries that I've seen, uh, a lot of, you know, wrist sprains, ankle sprains. Those, those are typical things that happen way too often. Um, one, I don't even remember what this is called, but I remember I was being, I was on tour with a theatrical company and um, there's a muscle that kind of runs from back here all the way down. I I don't know what it is, but I tore that muscle and this pain was extremely, extremely excruciating. Um, I remember being backstage, paramedics come out, they were scaring me. They were like, can you feel your toes? And I'm like, I hope I can. (laughs) I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Right. But this pain was so excruciating, man. This is one of the scariest moments for me, you know, and I, you know, outside of the hamstring one, this was the scariest one. I I got over it faster, but it was the scariest one mentally. Uh, And so I started to dance super safe. Not, not the way I dance like as I started to come back, but I remember being at the hospital that night and the doctor's like looking at me and he's like staring at me. And he's like, not blinking, just looking. I'm like, is everything okay? And he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, well, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> uh, I think I'm, I'm okay now. He's like, I've seen this tear and I've seen grown men cry. How are you not crying? And I said, I think it's probably the medication you guys have me on. But, but uh, man, this tear—I don't—I don't know what this is called, but was that that, latissimus dorsi. What, say that again. Yeah, it was—it was, it was a wild game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably your t- latissimus. Okay. Man, yeah, this. So I've seen—I I don't think—I don't know if every, anyone in the community has experienced it the way I've experienced it, but I—I I, I hear people talk about it a lot. Like, oh, you know, I have a strain or a stress in this muscle or in these muscles here, you know, because we do a lot of movement in our hands and trying to, you know, upside down things like that, and so. I see that a lot, but for me, this is one of those the most scariest to kind of come back from because we're in these positions that require our upper body so much, um, and this was tough for me to get back to that. But I, 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 I found a way, just kind of slowly, just inching myself in, inching my inching my way in. But um, you know, say it one more time for everybody. This this the the muscle here
0: from from the back. I think it was your latissimus dorsi, if I it sounds yes. like.
1: Yes. And, and, and typically, how, how far down does that muscle stretch from your back?
0: Oh, we have some connections up towards the neck and the central spine moving all the way out, kind of towards your, your side over here. So, yeah, yes. it's, it's
1: a big kind
0: of wing winged muscle.
1: Yeah, that, that muscle right there was, yeah, that made me feel <laughs> like I had Muscles in places I don't have places. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was one of those things, man, um, that really just kind of shook me, shook me up. And you know, I, I'm I'm glad that you know now I'm a little bit more thoughtful about my movement. And uh, with that being said, like, if is there any advice that you can give to you know, you know, breakdancers that are pursuing this kind of this long goal career or the Olympic Games or any or or just Want to be high-level competitors? What what is your advice to them overall, whether it's on physical injury prevention or or you know, uh, mental awareness or a- anything? Is what is your your advice that you can share with everybody right now?
0: You know, I think um, just embrace. You know, like we said, embrace the grind. Um, you you know, if you want to be an Olympian, you want to be a you know, that's that's as high-level elite athletics, you know, as it comes. And so you just kind of have to embrace the mentality and um, it's, it's kind of more than just a performance and more than just going out and, and, and putting on the show that I think you're grow up doing, you know, Um, it's like a young basketball player, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old, you just go out and play basketball. That's all you do. But when you get to the level of being the NBA There's so much that goes on, like you said, behind closed doors that the public doesn't see. They're constantly working out with their therapists, their chiropractors, you know, rehab specialists. They're in the in the whirlpools. You know, it's all about protecting the body um, and, you know, mentally just making sure that they're where they should be as well. And so. It's kind of that shift in mindset, I think, that, you know, it's it's it may not just be a performance sport anymore. It it is a a high level sport and you are putting your body through a lot and therefore you have to take care of it.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great, man. I I truly appreciate and value your time today. Um, You know, a lot of these things that you said, it's something that I've kind of learned through the process myself and I learned the hard way. And, you know, I've been able to speak to um, over physicians. I wish I spoke to them earlier in my career, but but it's it's nice to know that um, you guys at Covenant and Providence are out here to support our community and provide, you know, educational and inform- informative insight in everything that we got going on. And, uh, you know, I can't say it again, man. Thank you and appreciate you. Are there any last words for everybody before we head out?
0: No, Mory, thank you so much for having me on. It was great to meet you and hey, best of luck. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm going to be following it now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, man, and vice versa. And hopefully we can connect again in the future. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dr. Flores. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.